Welcome to Opinion Havers, a movie podcast for Spanish men in suspenders. I'm Cody. Yo soy Tyler. <laughs> hey, there it is. Tyler, what did we watch? Nostras Vimos, The Devil's Backbone. Tyler, I feel like this movie is paying dividends in to your Spanish skills. El Espinazo del Diablo, is that what it is? El Hold Up, but it's in Spain. El Espinazo del Diablo. Nailed it! Yeah. Si. Si. El Espinazo. Yep, there it is. All right. Wow, Tyler, we did it. It's Halloween, spooky season, as some people call it. We're doing our spooky films. This one's been on my list for a hot minute, for a hot minute and a half. It's one of the oldest movies on my list in terms of like things I've been interested in watching. And uh, we did it, and I'm very proud of us. We proved several things, I think, as we will discuss. First off, we proved, number one, I'm braver than you because I watched this alone with surround sound at night, all right? You were out here, you're watching this as a day movie. All yeah, right? which we'll, we'll get into that. Let me, oh, Cody, I'm, I, <laughs> what, I... What did you find? I, <laughs> just, I tried to put in spooky boys into the translate that I've been using, you know, yes. shockingly. Oh, I yes, don't speak please. Spanish very well. Cody, I can't. I don't even... Chicos. I know Chicos. Yep, boys. That's boys. <laughs> Spooky is a word, and I, I'm just like. <laughs> Are you gonna drop it in the chat? Okay, I'll drop it in the chat. I get yeah, because I'm it like in the chat I don't. And I'll, I want to give this a whirl. I'm sure you'll be like, oh, idiot! <laughs> it's so easy, but I it's just like I saw it, and it's like I'm sure I can pronounce it. Like I'm, I'm usually <laughs> alright. It's like, do you want? Do you oh. want to try first? Or you want me to try first? <laughs> I did the thing where it says it to you, and it just no help. It's no. It's like if you ask somebody from Spain, be like, "Can you say that slowly for me?" And they're like, "Sure." And then they speak their normal speed, which is in yeah. intelligibly fast. It's like, what are you yeah. saying? Es Nandes. I think Espelus Nantes. Yeah, that's what the lady Espelus Nantes. That's spooky, boys. I have boys. never once in my life. Spanish is like fairly easy to pronounce once you know how to do it, but that is a long <laughs> word, and there's a lot going on with it. I don't okay, let me, let me, okay, let me hit you with this. Nantes. You switch it around. You translate direct translation back, creepy guys. That's what it direct translates <laughs> back as. Okay, which I guess is more of an apt name for us. <laughs> creepy guys. Maybe we'll just abandon. Welcome that part. to the Creepy Guys podcast. I'm Cody. It was supposed to be spooky boys in Spanish. If you speak Spanish and you're from Spain, if you speak Spain Spanish. Yeah. What is spooky this boys? Is what, <laughs> really? Yeah, this is what bugs me about Spain Spanish. Is like There's so many words with S's and Z's in them, so it's like you're not lisping, then you are lisping, then you're not lisping again. And it's just, it makes, I just, if I were from Spain and I had to like say an S, then lisp an S, then say an S, I would like, really question myself and be like, is this worth doing? You know, is this really the way we should be speaking our language? 
let's be real for a second, all right? Not to call out an entire country, all right? But we've done it with France before, okay? Yeah. Can we agree that much like America nailed English in a way that England never could, Mexico has nailed <laughs> Spanish in a way that Spain could never hope to, all right? Yeah. You definitely. talk to somebody from Spain, there's there's like there's gotta be a reason that they talk super fast and they mumble because they're all just like, look, I don't know if I'm saying this right. But you're gonna, you know, you're gonna you're gonna feel dumb if you try to question it anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, I feel like that's not, what they're banking on. It's not unlike France, where it's like, no, we just don't pronounce a lot of our words and letters. Yeah. Once you're through the first half of your word, you might as well just give up. You don't even need to do anything else, you know? Have you ever heard, we had a guy from Spain at church, and he would, like, give talks and stuff in Spanish sometimes. Mm-hmm. And my favorite thing was to look at the, at the like, the missionaries from our church that were supposed to be able to speak Spanish while this guy is going off. It sounds like he's having a rap battle with Tech 9 and Eminem, okay? Nice. And you just look at them, and they're just like slack jawed in awe at this man. They have not understood a word he's saying. We're not even sure he's speaking Spanish. He could be speaking English. Yeah. All right. That's what I'm saying. That's the kind of culture oh, yeah. we're dealing with here. Okay. Yeah. There were, there were a couple actors in this movie that I was like, man, you guys are, you guys are cruising and mumbling through all these words. You're just doing it, you know? Yeah. Ooh. Tyler, do you want to give a rundown of the movie for the good folks? Because let me tell you, I read the description of this movie on HBO Max, and I was like, we're screwed. This is going to be the worst. <laughs> I'm going to be terrified. I'm going to hate it. The whole movie is going to be awful. That's. Do you want to give me a better rundown, or should we just give the HBO rundown? And... Here's what I want. I want you to give the HBO rundown, and then I want to dive into the rants, because I got a bone to pick with yeah. what has always been told to me about this film, okay? Okay. Look, that's fair. I um, don't have it on hand, so what are we going to do about that? It was, the gist of it was, no, there's HBO. But, okay, well, I'm looking this up. Tyler, do you want to give me just, like, your quick and dirty opinion? Your quick, quick take. My quick and dirty opinion is that this is a movie that is in Spanish, and it takes place during the Spanish Civil War. Which I have learned a fair amount about, you know, just from liking history and such, you know. I know it's bad. It's a bad time for everybody involved. And it was very interesting. It's the first time I've ever seen a movie in Spanish about that event, you know, and that stuff. It is out, it's a Guillermo del Toro movie, and I feel like you could feel that. It's, a, it's good in that the way that, you know, like he goes 100% on everything. In my opinion... I have a movie that I want to compare this to, but I kind of want to wait until we're in the spoiler town because it can kind of spoil the movie in a way, you know? Yeah. But I definitely, like, I feel like so it's tempting to compare this to The Grudge or something because of the water demon. It, that's yeah. not the movie that I'm going to compare it to. Right. I feel like I was cheated and lied to, okay? Did you like it, though? Aside right. from being cheated and lied to. Okay. It's all right. I enjoyed it a lot. I, I did enjoy it a lot. Um, and especially like as far as Guillermo del Toro goes, it's actually one of my more favorite of his movies. So, but, we'll, but have we'll you get seen Pan's that. Labyrinth? Absolutely, I have. Yes, it's also in Spanish. Did you know that? That is true. It's also set during the Spanish Civil War. Did you know that I started to watch it on Netflix? Got five minutes into it, 
thought I was watching the wrong version, realized it's all in Spanish, and then immediately turned it off. Nice. I was not prepared yet for an entire subtitled yep. movie. It's a lot of work. Let me tell you this. The HBO description for this movie, an isolated Spanish orphanage is haunted by the ghost of a former student. And then the, the thumbnail is the, the main character, little boy, and in the back of the window, you see the little water demon boy. And I was like, this movie's just going to be this, the whole movie. I wasn't ready for it. So I did, I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. Thought it was very good. And as far as Guillermo del Toro goes, very on brand. It's one of those movies that you're like, oh, it was early in his career. If you just watch this one, I feel like you're like, oh, I get what Guillermo del Toro does. They all kind of follow these same ideas. So we'll talk about it more. I thought it was very good. Yeah. So what do you think? Should we get into it? Should we bust in here? Should we kick think, down this I think door? We've, we've railed on Spain good enough. I think I'm ready to go. Straddle this bomb with me and let's ride it into the oblivion of Spoiler Town <laughs> USA, Cody. Let's do it. Much like Armageddon. I <laughs> get on this nuclear warhead with me, Cody. Let's Tyler, ride it let into the hole. You. Okay. What? For a movie with a like a nuclear bomb in it. Is it a nuclear bomb? It's not. It's a big bomb. There is one. That's sorry. what it Why is. Why would it be a nuclear Armageddon? bomb? It was yeah. <laughs> anyway. It's a bomb. For bomb. a movie with like a giant bomb in it. I recounted this whole movie to Bailey and I realized not once did I mention it. I was like, there is a bomb in this movie that is in like every third shot. And I, I didn't even mention it when I was like detailing out the whole movie to Bailey. So yeah, it's very much interesting. I feel, yeah. Anyway, you know, we'll, we'll get to the bomb and stuff right now. We'll we're on it. We got our, our balls, our testicles are on the nuclear warhead that we're riding into the asteroid careening towards Spoiler town. Like bear testicles? Are you wearing underwear? Hold on. <laughs> I know we're both riding a bomb. <laughs> but are Have you, you seen the movie Armageddon? That's my question to you. Uh, I might have when I was a child. We'll have to add that to some list somewhere. All right. Tyler... A man has to say to another man, get off the nuclear warhead. Because yeah. he's riding it going, da, 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 you know, like, you know. Because of the movie. Yeah. The Dr. Strangelove. Well, yeah. Tyler, how are you feeling? You want to go first or me to go first? I want to go first. I want to. I'm, I want it. I'm ready Give for it. it. To and you know I'm what? Whenever you're ready, I'm going to be ready. Referring I'm not ready yet either, but I know I'm going to be ready faster than you. I'm ready. All right. All right. I'm ready too. So here we go. Cody, here's the thing. The first note I took was I was like, I'm going to keep a jump scare counter. Jump scares? Zero. Okay. Let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk about how this movie has always been pitched to me as a true horror film. We were out here, we were trying to pick our movies. Four spooky boys, or creepy guys, as they call us in Spanish. All right, and we're out here. And I, I was like, look, we could pick the the Resident Evil, which is the next uh, Tyler's Trash. That seems like a good. That's a good, fun, bad horror movie. You know, like, like it's not gonna really scare anybody, but it's supposed to, you know, supposedly like horror thriller. Anyway, and, or we could go true horror. And I was like, well, you got the true horror picked out. Cody, in my rant right now, I'm switching it. We're doing lights out for my spooky boys pick because we need a real scary movie. How 
dare you present this movie to me as though it's a scary movie. Not one second of this movie is scary. Some of it is mildly thrilling. But I'm like, that doesn't need to be a ghost. It could have been a cat about to scratch this young boy as he's trying to get out with his jug of water. And it would have been just as intense. Okay? Nope. The ghost... This is one of those movies where the real monsters were the people the whole time. Get over yourself, Guillermo. All right? I wanted monsters. I wanted horror. You make a movie called The Devil's Backbone with a water demon in it, and you come at me with the real monster where the people inside of us all along or whatever, something stupid like that. This is is 1,000% Guillermo del Toro watched Grave of the Fireflies. It was like, I can do it more depressing, okay? And you know what? He did it. He didn't do it more depressing. He did it weirder. That's all he did, which isn't that just Guillermo del Toro's way? He does it. He's like, I can do it better, and he does it weirder. And it's like, all right, we love you. Here's an award, all right? Okay? Is that Rami Malik? I texted it to you. I put it in a thing. It looks like young Rami Malik. Tiffany looked him up. He looks nothing like Rami today. He looks like a normal douche is what I said. And that's exactly what he looks like. Look him up. I dare you to see, uh, say otherwise. He doesn't look anything like Rami, all right? Here's what I want. I want him to make Devil's Backbone 2, okay, with Rami Malik playing this guy, all right? I was digging the wardrobe. These people, their wardrobe, on point. All right, lots of suspenders, lots of suits, lots of pocket squares. Mm, loving that, right? We all loved it. It was good. He wanted to talk to Santi, all right? Then Santi's like, all right, let's do it. Let's talk it out, bro, you and me, right now. And then he freaking runs away. That's rude. Am I right or am I right? I'm right, okay? That's a rude thing to do. I'd be like me kicking open your door, being like, Cody, let's talk right now. And then you turn in me screaming, throwing something at you and running away. All right. You'd be like, what the heck was that? All right. You probably wouldn't call me after that. Right. You probably wouldn't then try to talk to me again because that's rude. Okay. <laughs> Cody, I put a note here. I just want you to nod your head if you know the moment I'm talking about. I didn't forget what it is. I just want to know if you know what I'm talking about here. I wrote, yeah. Smell that apple, you slut. You know the part I'm talking about, don't you? Nod your head if you know. Yes, you do, because he smells that apple. He smells it so good. (laughs) There's a part, Cody, where they... Was this movie supposed to be in 3D or something? Because there's a part where a piece of a car comes flying at the camera. And all I want is for someone to make a cut of this movie where the Elden Ring, you died, pops up. Right when that it goes black when that thing hits you. And that's the end of the movie. I want that up on YouTube tonight, okay? That's all I want. Because that's genius, right? That's so that's all I could think about. And I started cackling to myself like a madman when that happened. Alright? <laughs> Here's a top tip for you. Don't hide dead bodies in your water supply. Here's a photo. I guarantee you there was no ghost. There was no nothing. All these people are hallucinating from all the weird crap you get from a dead body in your water supply. And then what do they do? They throw another one. Stop throwing bodies in the well. You drink from that. None of these people are coming back from the dead. There's no, there's not any, I bet this is happening in 2017. This isn't even back in the Civil War. These people are just so out of their minds on all the parasites and garbage getting in their water from that that they think it's the Spanish Civil War. These guys that they're like, oh no, are they killing people? There's just people there trying to stop the plague from spreading, all right? That's what's happening. This movie is, Cody, this is not a scary movie. This is just, and the bomb is there. Like, I know, like some pretentious film douche 
named Cody is going to be like, well, the bomb's there to, to, to be like the tension of the war in their lives. And it's like, yeah, but this is supposed to be a horror movie, all right? If it was, is it a horror movie or is it a, a movie about children during the Spanish Civil War? Because that's just Grave of the Fireflies in, in Spain. All right, Tyler, I'm going to have to cut you off, and I'm going to have to apologize. I cannot match your energy today, but I applaud you. You did a great job, all right? You really dug into it, and I'm proud of you. Now you zip it, all right? You hit that mute button. You do whatever you're going to do, because I'm going to go now. All right. First off, this is a great movie, all right? (laughs) It was the perfect amount of scary for me. How dare you? Not one jump scare? There is one jump scare in this movie. It got me when he's in the closet and he's looking through the peephole and you know it's going to happen, but when it does happen, it scared me, all right? When the little ghost eye peeps through the peephole at the same time, I was like, whoa, spooky, all right? I got spooked. Made me happy, all right? This was a good movie. The first, I love the eerie start. And even you texted me. You were like, the beginning of this movie is giving me all the wrong vibes. It's going to go terrible. You know what I'm saying? I thought they did a good job. First half, I think, was most of the scary parts, and then the second half was like, all right, now we're just in the thing. You should have known. You should have known, all right? It's a Guillermo del Toro movie. The monsters were the people all along. The man was the monster, and that's every single movie he's done. I'm looking at his filmography, and all his, like, scary, creepy, spooky movies, which is, like, 80% of them, are all that way. Shape of Water follows that same format, right? There is a fish man, all right? There's a fish man from on high, that's not even a part of it, okay? It's the boss. He's mean, all right? He's the mean guy. He's the mean man, and he's the one that drives the plot forward. And Pan's Labyrinth is the same way, all right? There's just a, there's so much supernatural stuff going on. At the end of the day, there's a mean guy, okay? There's a mean guy. He's a bully, and he causes all the problems. The, what's it called? The one, Nightmare Alley? Basically the same thing, you know? It's like, and it's also got a demon baby in a jar. So what's that about? I didn't even make the connection till today that I'm like, you got a thing for demon babies and jars, except in this one, you drink from it. Okay, let's talk about that for a little bit. Um, worst cocktail ever. <laughs> it's rum spices soaked in a dead baby, in a diseased dead baby fetus, in a jar. It's got a messed up spine, and you drink it, all right? And that's how you make money for orphans. I don't even... Who is the maniac that was, it was, it was like a hazing thing, right? It was like a college hazing thing. And then some guy didn't realize it was all prank and was like, I'm making a business out of this. All right, man, it was, uh, it was great. My first note is, uh, oh, Lord, because I was not prepared also. Okay. They start the movie off and it's spooky. And, you know, I appreciate that they, right out the gate, they're like, look, there's the demon boy in the window. He's there. It doesn't take long to get into it, and I appreciate that. There's no Spanish translation for Steadicam. I know because I was reading the credits, and it was like yada, 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 all the Spanish words, and it was like Steadicam. I was like, oh, okay, you're Steadicam. That's just how you say it. So that's great. I love that. Um, I thought it was funny he did this movie in the Spanish Civil War because Pan's Labyrinth in the Spanish Civil War, and then he talks about it. He's like, no, it's like they're like sister films, you know? This is the masculine boy one, and then Pan's Labyrinth is the feminine girl one. All right? I was like, well, that's fine. The kid shows up at an orphanage, which obviously 
his tutor is planning on abandoning him. And he's in full denial. He's like, I'm not getting abandoned here. I'm just hanging out in this orphanage where there's a big old bomb. He pokes it. He goes up to it. He's like, tap, tap, tap. I'm like, dude, it's a bomb. Don't poke it. That's where the ghost lives. You are in a ghost movie, okay? Don't go rat-a-tat-tatin' on the bomb. Ghosts live in the bomb. Where else would it live? Obviously, in the well in the cellar, okay? That's where he actually lives. But it's, it's a good misdirect. Don't tempt fate out here. Why are we do? We're in a scary movie. Have our wits about us, okay? Oh, man. Snot marbles. I never saw that coming. If you, you could have... You could have bet me a million dollars that there wouldn't be a snot marble in this movie, and there absolutely was. And that, you know what? Kudos. I'm trying to think, look, of every snot marble movie I've seen, this is the best one. It is also the worst one. This is the only snot marble movie that's ever existed, and I defy you to find another one. I really like the soap in this movie, because it's soap soap. It's not even a bar of soap, it's a brick of soap. Like, it's from a bigger brick of soap that they were like, had to just like wedge off like you do if you, you know, like you got a big old piece of cheese and you got like a cheesemonger like carving out pieces of cheese. It's one of those, all right? I like that. It's like a real soap, like a man's soap. Kind of kind of soap you can clean your testicles with, so clean that no one's even gonna protest when you put them on the bomb, okay? I have an important question for you. I gotta save this for next, hold on. Um, wet child footprints? My uncle saw some, okay? He works security at the Queen Mary, which is a, a big old ship like the Titanic, and it's you can tour it today. It's also it's haunted. He worked security. He was at the pool, heard splashing, saw footprints, heard children. No one was there. It is an abandoned pool, okay? An abandoned, empty pool. He was working there as a security guard. Wet footprints, the sound of children playing, all right? I want you to think about that. Because as soon as I saw the wet footprints, I was like, no, this movie is real. This is a documentary. I've heard about this. Dale told me, all right? Dale. And Dale, when Dale says something, you take it at its face value, okay? So what do you think about that? Yeah. I've been on that boat. If you ever, look, if you're ever in Long Beach, you're in South LA, and you're like, I want to see where Snoop Dogg's from, you're in Long Beach, go check out the Queen Mary. It's a good time. It's spooky. You can stay there. It's haunted. Isn't that fun? Here's my question to you. This is probably the most important debate we'll have. And honestly, we can probably just shut this whole podcast down once we're done talking about it. Jacinto. <clears throat> is he hot or is it just the suspenders undershirt look that's working for him? That's a great question, Cody. Think about it. Consider it. And, and I mean, I'm a little upset that you don't know offhand because I spent about 20% of the movie thinking about this. Well, here's the thing. I spent most of the time thinking, this man looks like Colin Farrell. I thought that too. And Colin Farrell is must... hot, but he doesn't yep. look as hot as Colin Farrell. So is he? Is he just less hot, Colin Farrell? Is he TV's Colin Farrell? That checks out. That checks out. He's TV Colin Farrell. I appreciate that. And you know, it's hard to love the villain, but. I think he's just a youthful, lithe boy, and the outfit's working for him. I think maybe it's more so the outfit than anything, but it's a good look. Old tiny clothes, they were pretty. They could be pretty flattering, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. Oh, man. Look, I know you got a lot that you don't like about this movie, okay? It's I know not it that I didn't like the movie. Horror. It's that everybody's like, it's so scary. It's like if somebody 
told you to watch Grave of the Fireflies because it's the best horror movie they've ever watched in their life. And it's like, sure, you could be horrified by what's happening in it, but being horrified by the atrocities of the Second World War as viewed by Japanese children is not the same as a horror movie. <laughs> okay? Yeah, I get that, but there is a ghost, and there's a couple... There's some spooky scenes. He gets haunted by the ghosts a little bit, you know? I'm just saying, but like... I thought it was going to be much more of a hard horror, especially... I was teed up for it, right? It's kind of a spooky poster on HBO. The thing says they're haunted by a ghost. You're like, oh, okay, so it's just going to be a spooky, scary movie, and that really isn't what it is. It's not. Which was a pleasant surprise for me. Look, you took it as it fell short of your expectations. I took it as... It exceeded my expectations because I got to enjoy the film. No, no, hold on, now, hold on, now. If as a horror movie, I'd rate this a hard F. It's a terrible horror movie, but as a a movie exploring like the Spanish Civil War, which you know, I'm sure like if two you say it's weird. Two movies. He is from Spain, and I'm sure a lot of what he spent learning he in Spain? school was the Spanish Civil War. Is he from Spain? Because I thought he was from Mexico. Is he from Mexico? That's why I'm confused because I want to have this conversation as well because I. I always heard he was a Mexican director, and I thought he was, like, the first Mexican director to win the Oscar for Best Director. But he also could be, like, I'm from Mexico, but my parents are from Spain. You know, like, yeah. I'm guessing that's what it is. He's a Mexican filmmaker, according to the search bar of Google. So he's from Guadalajara. So that's my question is why does he – why is he well, so fixed? You know, I just – I assumed this took place in a Mexican school because I think someone even told me that. But it's no, it's in – it's in Spain. It's Spain during their and as we know, war. Mexicans disdain the Spanish for their Spain, their the Spain for their Spanish, and they like their Mexican Spanish. It's better Spanish, like you talked about. So I'm just surprised he's done two movies there. Hold on now. Speaking of this, I feel vindicated. All right, I recently saw a video where somebody also, just like myself, realized that the uh, this has nothing to do with anything you just said, but also it has everything to do. With nice. Cody. All right. Um, that the American accent, much like I feel like you and I, I have a slight Southern accent, just like you probably have a slight California accent, but I'm sure just like I don't usually hear my Southern, you don't hear your California. Sure. The accent we speak English in is the original British accent. In the 17, 1600s, you were in England. This is how British people sounded. They would say, hello, not hello. Hello, Governor. They wouldn't say that, Cody. It's not how they spoke. They spoke in the tr- in the normal American accent. And everybody's like, there's a billion accents. Shut up. There's one accent that 99% of Americans speak in, and then there's, like, Louisiana and Texas. Some of Texas, okay? That's mm-hmm. what we're talking about here. And Baston, all right? But what I'm telling you right now, this right here, where you actually speak the words, is the original British accent. Let it sink in. Tell me I'm wrong and then look it up and be amazed. Because everybody doubts it and then they find out and they're like, what? And it's the truth. How did it switch? Because the royal family speaks like that. But it was also at that time considered kind of lowbrow, I think, to speak in the current British accent. That was lowbrow. They have tried to change it, Cody. The British have tried to be like, no, we speak high class. It's like, no, you speak low class English. You do not speak the king's English. You speak the low-class queen's English, all right? You you get out here, you're letting these 
these Germans be the be the royal family and they messed it up for you, all right? We're out here, we're keeping the English, the, the British Empire alive as America, okay? We're like the real ones out here. You're out here being fake English. Also, none of my ancestors are from England, which is very funny to me that I don't have like, never didn't get any of those accents. <laughs> didn't get an accent from any of them. It's all Swedish and German, man. Isn't that fun? You're out here, you're all, you're just blonde hair, blue eyed. It's Hitler's wet dream, you know? Oh yeah, that's what I go for. Look, let me change the subject. <laughs> what, you're gonna try to change it away from we this? We got to Hitler and I'm ready to change the subject. <laughs> Look, Spanish Civil War, Yeah, it all ties together. All right, Guillermo del Toro, according to Wikipedia, he's close friends with Mexican filmmakers Alfonso Cuaron and Alejandro Giannaritu. And they're collectively known as, and I know both those directors and are familiar with their work, and I have never heard them refer to this, as the three amigos of cinema. Okay, so, now hold on now. I go. have heard that before. Really? But it's always, it was always, um, I don't know if it's racist or not, because I always feel like it's never him saying that or any, like, Spanish. It's always, like, when he won an Oscars, I think, is when I heard it. Like, oh, him and this other guy, they're the three amigos. And I'm like, is this racist? <laughs> is it racist to refer to three friends who are Mexican as the three amigos? I what, don't know. What if they want to be known I... as the creepy guys, all right? <laughs> creepy guys. Well, so, there you go. I didn't I didn't not like the movie. I just thought I was so ready. My fight or flight instinct was on a hair trigger, all right? Tiffany watched this whole movie with me and at one point turned to me really? towards the end and said, This is supposed to be a horror movie. She didn't even wow. get got by that jump scare. Because it happens so slowly. And it's such like a kind of sound like that's the like other ones it's like we're gonna break your freaking speakers and this one i appreciate guillermo for not trying to blow the speakers out on my surround sound system like yeah. every everybody else does but uh yeah no i was so ready for it to be scary and then i was just like all right this one's gonna get scary and then when the ghost didn't like whip around on him or anything i was just like oh no it's gonna be one of the adults is the real monster like so early on, I was just like, "There's not gonna be any, not gonna be any ghost scary yeah. stuff." That's all his movies, though. That's what he do. Crimson Peak is like that. The other ones I talked about, all of them. So there you yeah. go. Which you did say all his movies are the real monster, are the people. How dare you, sir? Pacific Rim wasn't like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Cody, but, hold on. Yeah, vamp for a little while. I gotta grab something. You, you talk about the movie. I'm going to listen. Vamp. What does that mean? Vamp. Talk. Just talk. Just vamp. Fill time. <laughs> I've used this term before and you've known what I meant. So don't come at me now. Here's what I, you know Look, what? Here's what I'll say. Let now, me give some, no, no. Let me now give I'm looking up vamp and I'm going to give you the definition. All right. Vamp. Vampire yeah. boy. No, vamp. In jazz. In short, <laughs> simple, introdu introductory passage. All right. It's like uh, there's a that it's that movie with a, a creepy looking girl uh, with the red. It might be a guy. No, it's a lady. Um, 
So, yeah, it'd be like in jazz to fill time. So fill time, Cody. Oh, Good. that's all you had to say, Tyler? Oh, here's what... Let me give some praise to this movie while you're while you're walking on your walkabout, all right? I thought this movie had excellent cinematography. I appreciated. They didn't go like super dark on anything, and I kind of liked that I could see all the scenes, but there were I thought there were some great camera angles, some really well-framed shots. A lot of shots that used the bomb as a point of interest and a lot of uh, shots of people coming and leaving the orphanage on foot, you know, that were really interesting. And very well done. I was quite impressed by the camera work of the film. So I will say that. Good cinematography. Um, I, I appreciated that. Okay? And I liked the effect. I thought the effects, with the exception of the thing flying at the screen after the explosion, and maybe one or, you know one other thing, I, I really liked the effects. I thought they held up pretty well. Because it feels kind of like an independent movie. Like, it didn't seem like a big budget movie by any stretch of the imagination. And... I really enjoyed the effect they used for the ghost because it almost made me think of like, you talked about the water demon, but it honestly made me think more of like a um, Dia de los Muertos thing. Kind of like in Coco, you know, when they're like bone people or when they're like half bone people. It made yeah. me think of that because that was kind of the effect they gave like a, as a translucent. I thought it worked really well. So I, I really enjoyed the design of the ghost. I liked all the particle like effects around him. Like it, it looking like he was underwater. I liked a lot. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. I have a, I have a note here, and I want you to guess what it's about because I have no idea. Oh, it's one of those. <laughs> it's after the booze. My my note for the worst booze ever, which we discussed in my rant. Oh, it's one of those. I don't know. Maybe it was, uh, oh, it must be during the the sexy scene with with the headmistress. I was yeah. like, how is this happening and why? And then I saw him take the key. I was like, oh, it's one of those. Okay. <laughs> All right. I got it. I got it. There's, a, there's an exchange of goods and services happening of sorts here. But does she know that he's taking them? No, she doesn't. But I'm saying he's doing it. So that he can get access to the keys, you know. Yeah, but like she's definitely like time. she's definitely like been, you know, taking this young boy, right? Since he was a young boy, right? Oh, that is a good point. Cause yeah, um, maybe you're right. Maybe this is just bonus now. Maybe now this is what he's working on. Yeah, like to me, it came across as like, oh, she's been like abusing this 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 poor yeah. man. Since he was a child. Which to me was like, oh, so none of these people are without fault. Like, they're all they the worst. I like 17. He was 17, right? Which I'm sure. Okay. In Spain? Look, in Spain. Okay. All right, they're, fine. They're freaks over there. And I guarantee the age of consent is like 14 and a half. I'm going to win it's back like on the, the FBI getting list. Getting a driver's license in Idaho. All right? Going back on the FBI list. because You I ever seen the 14-year-olds driving cars in Idaho? Throws me every time. Spain raised their uh, age of consent to 16. I don't yeah, know when it was. <laughs> they raised, oh, no. I know. Europe, Europe oh. is such a magical place. Why don't we give credit to Europe more often for There's an, a 2015 article. Got going on over there. Spain has raised the minimum age for marriage and sexual relations to 16 from 14 and 13, respectively. 
bringing the country into line with much of Europe after protests from child protection groups. Yep. So there like you go. It. So back then, 14 probably. So he was an old man by that point, you know? Basically, I mean, he was like, he was like, yeah, just an old maid. Couldn't get, couldn't get nobody. Oh, sorry. To take 13, marriage. 14 for marriage, 13 for sex. So. Well, I mean. Couldn't, couldn't even get anybody. I don't, I didn't like when I was in middle school hearing about the 13 year old sexual experiences. I was like, I don't like this. You know, this isn't for me. It didn't happen often, but it happened a couple times. I was like, this is not where I want to be, you know? And it's never information you ask for. It's always something somebody's bragging about. And you're like, dude, I don't think you know. I don't think you know how messed up things are going for you right now, you know? Yeah. Here's just, okay. If your partner's age is your age reversed and you're not like 22 or 33 or 55, if you're 44, it's still wrong. All right, I don't know why it just is, okay? But if your age and your partner's age are like the reverse of each other, you probably there's probably something wrong there, right? Right? Yeah. Probably. Like let's talk can't judge people. Look, I judged Florence Pugh for dating Zach Braff, and they're like 15 or 20 years apart, and I was like, it's not good. Then they broke up, and she was like, it was just. I'd hated having to explain my relationship to people and having to defend it. And then I felt bad, but also it's still weird. You know, I'm still allowed to think it's weird. You know, I recently had a moment where I was on the phone with my mother and she remembered that my wife is five years younger than me. Yeah. And she was like, Oh, she's five years younger than you. I've been married almost three years now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You had your time. To make me feel guilty for this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she isn't 40 years younger than you. Right. What would you say the age difference is between Jacinto and uh, the headmistress lady? She got to be 55 to 65. Maybe 60-ish. 65-ish? 60-ish? Here's what I know about... Yeah. Hispanic people. Is it Hispanic? Spain is Hispanic, right? Spain is the most Hispanic of Because it is it is Hispanic. It's Hispanic is from Spain. But I feel Spain, like if right? you're just from Spain, then you just say Spanish. Or Spaniard? Oh, here we go. I'm just right, saying, we're gonna, from my knowledge the of, into a corner here. of the of the the of the Hispanic cultures in the mm-hmm. early nineteen hundreds, this woman is definitely seventy eight years old. And this young boy yeah. is definitely 19. That, so I mean, that's what all that baby bottle booze will get you. You know, it'll yeah. get you up to your 70s. You're in your 70s, you look like you're 62. You saw so, Coco. Uh, it's working wonders. These these grandmas, these abuelas, as they're called, yeah. They live forever. They refuse to die out of pure stubbornness and hate for their... And they're going to judge what their grandchildren, grandchildren for not getting married fast and their yeah. um, nietos. Yeah. Is that right? Is that nieces, nephews? Oh, God. Nieto, I think, is grandkid. I don't know. Ooh. At one point, they call them, they call the boys ninos, and I was like, <gasps> I know that word. Yes, they do. Yeah. So, Cody, what I went and grabbed was this, okay? 
just to showcase, I think Guillermo, this this is my love yeah. of Guillermo del Toro. Okay, Cody, what I hold in my hand is a steelbook special edition of Pacific Rim. All right, not just any. This is the Titans of Colt steelbook, which includes a very fancy steelbook Pacific Rim, as you can see. It's kind of a nice little. Mm, Got a robot. Of the robot. I sent you the poster. It does have a poster of the of the film as well. And a pin, okay? And a pin. And a pin, if you can see that. So this oh, is what I'm beautiful. saying, all right? This is where we're coming from. And this movie, I liked it, okay? I like Guillermo. You, I gave you my speech of him before. I feel like Guillermo del Toro is one who... He goes hard on any type of movie he's making. If he wants to make a, if he wants a scary movie, he's gonna make it scary. If he wants a sad war movie, he's gonna make it a sad war movie. If he wants a cool robot fighting monster movie, he's gonna make it a cool robot fighting monster movie. Does he abandon a lot of projects? Sure, you know, and that's fine, you know. <laughs> but you know, that's because he's out there making, you know. Troll Hunters, okay? He doesn't have time to make The Hobbit. He needs to make Troll Hunters, troll Cody. Hunters, yeah, I was just going to say. Let me tell you, on his Wikipedia page, he has got a photo of him as a teenager with no glasses and no beard, and <clears throat> I hate it. <laughs> I don't like looking at him when he doesn't have the glasses and the beard. You know, Del Toro, I know that you always had the glasses and beard now, but yeah. I'm mad at you that you ever didn't have them, okay? That's all I got to say. It is a look. For sure. Oh. Del Toro, what a... What a... I would say he's an enigma, but having watched this, having seen, like... I don't know. I've seen a lot of his movies now, and especially the, all the recent ones. I get exactly what he does, all right? I know. I've cracked the code. I know exactly what his movies are like. I'll never be surprised again. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. I, I brought up when we started talking about this movie, I, I brought up Grave of the Fireflies. And you're yeah. sitting here thinking, no. I'm sitting, I'm telling you, Grave of the Fireflies came out when he would have been at peak douchey film school student. Even, I don't know if he went to film school or anything, but like peak, I'm finding myself time in his life. Okay. And we both know he's a nerd that likes nerd stuff. So that's, you know, that means he's he's definitely watching that movie. So I'm just saying, I feel like this is that, right? It's just that one's World War II and this is the Spanish Civil War. It's sad children's stuff. That's all it is. It's nothing that says, it's not a horror movie other than it just shows the horrifying realities of war and children. It's like, And then it makes you look at yourself and it's like, look at it. Look at it. This is what you did. You know? Yeah. I hear you. I I hear you. He makes you, you want to look at this and think, you're right, I shouldn't have I shouldn't have been I shouldn't have started the Spanish Civil War. You know, that's my fault. That's yeah. my bad. You know? Yeah. Yeah, look, you're right. Okay. Let's talk about someone. Let's talk about Jamie. Jaime. Oh, probably. yeah, there you go. Not Jamie. Jaime. Right. Well, Jaime's in this movie. He's like the bully kid, right? Here's my thing about him. He yeah. finds an old, like, cigar sticker thingy. It looks like a ring. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And he gives it to Jacinto's 
fiance. And I'm just like, dude, Jamie, you're about to get rocked. This is how you get this man, Jacinto, is unhinged. And you're out here giving gifts to his lady. For all we know, Jaime is of the age of consent. Okay? And that was him proposing. All right? Yeah. He's trying to move in on Jacinto's lady. But also, maybe Jacinto doesn't care because he can get down with headmistress lady whenever he wants. So maybe he's not even worried about it. Yeah. Yeah, what, what, also, what, here's the thing. Here's a question for you. What is it with uh, what is it with Guillermo del Toro? And does he have a thing for disabled women? Much like uh, what's his face with the feet? Tarantino and the feet. Tarantino's um, got a foot fetish that he's very public about. He puts the foot stuff front and center in his movies. I'll tell you this. According to del Toro, um, He's got, um, or it's, it actually summarizes it pretty well, what he, his vibe is. Oh. Oh, I lost it. Del Toro's work has been characterized by a strong connection to fairy tales and horror with an effort to infuse visual or poetic beauty in the grotesque. Lifelong fascination with monsters, which he considers symbols of great power. He's also known for his use of insectile, incestual, is that how you spell ancestral? Well, that's new to me. And religious imagery. Themes of Catholicism and celebrating imperfection. That's that one. Underworld and clockwork motifs. Practical special effects. Dominant amber lighting. And his frequent collaborations with Ron Perlman and Doug Jones. Yeah. He likes to celebrate imperfections, usually with uncomfortable sexual scenes. That's just me speculating. There's a couple of those in this movie. It's not that many. Well, the two, I mean, to this, it's the headmistress got, like, no leg. Crimson and then Crimson in, Peaks has some stuff. Nightmare Alley has a tiny bit. This one's got Shape it. of Water, the lady's mute. Shape of Water's a big one. Because the guy who, I did the thing, I did the hand thing. I don't know if you caught that, Cody, while you were doing your rant. Because man only washes his hands before or after he pees, right? Not both. That's a psychopath, right? Or whatever he said. I don't know. He says something very aggressive and weird in that moment. Mm. That's all I remember. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't want any noise during the sexy times. So she's perfect because she's mute. Yeah. Which is a weird story arc in any movie. It made me not it's like good. that movie. I like this it's movie, good. though. But I didn't like Um, I do have a note about, speaking of peeing, um, I write a note, I have to pee. What do I do now? It was like right after the the jump scare. I was like, I'm in my basement. It was like 1130 at night, and uh, it was dark. Basement, you know, what do you even do? Bindi, I made Bindi stay downstairs with me. She tried to abandon me. I went to go to the bathroom. She's like, we're going upstairs. I'm like, no, you're staying. And then I got out of the bathroom. She's like, I'm going upstairs. I'm like, no, you are staying here. <laughs> You are getting me through this movie. All right, I don't care what you want. You're staying here. Little did you know, no scary moments after that at all. Yeah, absolutely. But you know it is. Um, you talked about smelling the apple. I I had to know just grab the apple, show off, because he takes his knife, stabs the apple to pick it up, picks it up, and then he, 
I, he was smelling it, but I thought he was about to take a bite out of it. Like with his hand, I was like, why'd you even get your knife out? You like douche. But then he does proceed to do the, you know, cut it with the knife and eat it. So, which yeah. is fine, I guess. But I was like, really, dude, you're out here. You're grabbing knives with apples and just eating with your hands. But no, even weirder, he is smelling it. What a good dude. You know, the most fragrant of all fruits, an apple. An apple with the skin on it. He's sniffing the cut, you know? Sniffing it. Just snorting that juice right into his nostrils, Cody. Or as they say in Spain, a manzana. Mm. There you go. Although I've heard they have, Spain, they sometimes use different verbiage for vegetables and fruits. So maybe that isn't what they call it in Spain. If you're from Spain and you speak Spanish and you know how to say apple, let us know. In addition to cookie book, creepy guys. Yeah. Oh man. How about what's his name? Ugh. Jacinto, who's the worst. All right. He sets. He blows up the orphanage so that he can get to the gold, and he locks up the kids, and he breaks open the safe. It's not in the safe. Then he finds the gold in the headmistress's. Prosthetic leg, hidden. He ties around his belt. He's good to go. He's got, I'm assuming, like $100,000 worth of gold or more. You know, he's rich, okay? Yeah. And the kids pop up, and their plan to trap him is to be like, hey, and then run away. Yeah, which works, to be fair. he chases them. Yeah. He, why did he, this man has, he has the gun, right? Yeah. He's got a gun. He's got all the gold. The, they are children. They can do nothing to him unless he follows them into the cellar where they all have sharp sticks and they poke him uh, into submission. <laughs> but what their whole, they're like, we got a plan. We got sharp sticks. And we're going to like, hey, and we're going to run and he's going to give chase. <laughs> like, that's it. That was what Jacinto, he could have walked away so easily. Yeah, but he didn't. Because he's grubby, you know? He's a grubby little greedy guy, you know what I'm saying? All right, let's talk about this. There's a doctor here who does not know first aid because headmistress lady, she's out here. She's got a shard of glass in her chest, and he's like, I'm going to pull this out. It's bleeding a lot. I'm like, well, yeah, you pulled out the thing that was stopping the bleeding. Then Jacinto gets stabbed in the armpit, which is one of the worst places to get stabbed, by the way. Gets stabbed in the armpit with a spear, Tries to pull it out, breaks the spear, gets a second chance at life. Then he pulls it out still and starts bleeding. Like, guys, any of you could learn first aid at this point. You'd be like, you know what? I'm going to leave it in so I don't bleed to death. Yeah, no, I did say to, I did say when he pulled that out, I was like, yeah, you don't want to pull that out. <laughs> you want to leave that in there for a little, at least a little bit. Like, just, you know, till some, you know, I don't know. Don't leave it in forever, I guess. But like until that you're like ready to stop the bleeding. Yep. Not yep. while you're in the middle of the fight. Man. They just, they done poked him to death. All <laughs> they, right? did, they poked him to death, which is, you know, I was like, isn't there another horror movie where they like do this kind of, where a bunch of kids like poke a grown man to death, but it's like more horrifying, I think. Like, yeah. I, you know, it wouldn't be a Del Toro movie without a little, a little blood and gore. At least it's R8 ones, you know? And I, yeah. I appreciated that. I appreciated that it delivered because I was feeling a little left behind, you know? I was like, where's where's the goodness, you know? Because okay. when they when they shot the people, they shot the resistance fighters or whatever or vice versa, 
they lined up the dudes and they were shooting them against the wall. I was like, oh, we're going to get some big blood spatters. No, we don't see none of it. So I'm glad we at least got the poking in. The poking was brutal. It was definitely brutal. Um, speaking of the first aid thing, when so Ghost Doctor opens the door, right, to let the kids out, to let the boys out. Mm. Then proceeds to check out the boy who, dropping two inches, breaks his ankle. All right? Yeah. Classic, right? I I had I did have I had another like movie to compare this to, but you know, I'll finish this real quick here. And then so he's like, Oh, the doctor opened the door and he told me that my ankle will be fine. And then one of the kids proceeds to grab his ankle and twist it till it pops. Which I'm like, look, man, ghost doctor said he's good. God, Don't jack with back the in place. ankle. Especially when it's like the size of a grapefruit. His ankle is so swollen. <laughs> so this is, I, okay. So this is not, has not like the movie is not this, but as they were going on and the boys were doing their adventure stuff and it became more and more just like, oh, the boys are on an adventure. You know, I was like, so this is just the Goonies with ghosts, right? That's what this is. Like this is right, just the yeah. Goonies during a There's civil war. There's a hidden war. treasure for sure. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> It's just like okay, it's so it's as horrific Spanish as the Goonies. Civil War Goonies. Yeah. yeah, whereas the Goonies is in somewhere on the coast in America. This is yeah. the Goonies in Spain. <laughs> yeah, during a civil this is war. Guillermo del Toro's answer to Goonies. <laughs> it's like I see you, Goonies. I raise you, young man who has sex with his principal. You know. Yeah. Which you said he likes to do the incestuous thing. Instead of the thing. girl with the braces kissing the guy, it's like, no, this lady doesn't have a leg and she's old and she's doing this young dude. Yeah. Which you said he likes to do the incestuous stuff. And that's like, she's the headmistress of the orphanage he grew up in, a mother figure that took advantage of him. Yeah. She has his family photos in her safe. That She's messed up. She kind of deserved what she got, right? I didn't get her whole motivation because the doctor was like a nice guy and he was like, we could, I'm here for you. And she's like, why don't you go to Argentina? And he's like, no, you're here. I read you poetry. You do sex with your employees. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was, I didn't understand her, you know, by the end of the movie, I was like, I don't get, I didn't understand if they were pro, what side of the civil war they were on. I didn't, you know, Whatever. It's I think fine. they were the communists, which were the bad guys in their civil war. I don't know. The both sides, it, it switches, you know. They were on the losing side. Yeah. But the bad guys won, I thought, in their civil war. And they had to do other stuff, another civil war or something. All I know is that there was a lot of Americans that went over, formed their own brigade, and then they were like... Shut up, Spaniards. We know what's up. And then got themselves trapped in a pointless battle for a town that didn't matter, and they all died. That's all I know. Wow. Meanwhile, they ended up, yeah, they was like, that's, so that happened with several foreign battalions where they're like, shut up, Spaniards. You don't know anything. We know what's up. And they're like, no, please. <laughs> Just do what you're told. So I do know it was a brutal civil war. Like, there's still towns that are like, just ruins and they're like yep it's just like not even worth rebuilding that town just build a new one next to the old one wow 
use the old town for paintball. Yep. We had an abandoned town next door um, in Victorville, Georgia Air Force Base, and there's all this, like, old housing. And they're like, yeah, we just use it for, like, military drills now. And yeah. sometimes kids break into it and use it for paintball. And paintball. It's weird because we uh, that was my golf course for a little bit when I was um, on the golf team. We used that for, like, a season. And you'd, like, go into the golf course at George Air Force Base, and then, like, you'd see a tank drive by. You're like, this is, this is a weird place. <laughs> I am playing golf. There are abandoned buildings that are used for paintball sometimes, and uh, a tank just drove by. So it's cool. Yeah. <clears throat> I do, you know? Yeah. I did. I appreciate the ending that it was like, oh, the doctor guy is the ghost. At the beginning, they do the... Little monologue, what is a ghost? And at the end, they do it. And they tie it up all together. And the bomb is like a symbol for something. And the ghosts are like a symbol for something. And that's what I appreciated about the movie. Like, oh, this is why he is a good filmmaker. Because he didn't just take like a spooky film or a ghost film. He's like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask some questions and give like a thesis. And I'm going to tie everything back to the thesis at the end and tie a little bow on it, you know? Yeah. So I think that's what, you know, when you when you talk about a movie, right, as a horror movie, this is not a scary, scary movie, you know? But it's the kind of movie that people in Hollywood are going to like better because it is it is a little bit better of a story than your traditional horror movie that's like, all right, we got to find a way to get people scared. Now we're going to be scary for an hour and 20 minutes, and now you're going to beat the scary thing, and the movie's just kind of over, you know? Because it does, most scary movies leave me feeling kind of empty. They're like, uh, it's like, oh, okay, it's over. Whereas this one, it was like, oh, at least it was about something, too, you know? Yeah. I still kind of feel like, so this won, like, some awards, right, that were um, specifically for, like, horror and thriller movies, Hmm. which I feel would kind of be like, I mean, like, he won Best Horror Film at the Saturn Awards. That's what it was. Hmm. And to me, it just kind of seems like, I don't know. I mean, it'd be like if uh, I don't know any good drama movie they submitted to a horror film festival, and they're like, "Yeah, it's a horror film." It's like, but there's nothing scary or horrifying about it. Yeah, but I'm saying it's a horror film. It's like, well, yeah, you're gonna beat out Friday the Thirteenth Twelve, you know, when yours is like a good, well thought out original thing. If theirs is just, hey, there's a killer chasing you. You know, make some bad decisions yeah. and get caught in the chainsaw shed. All right. You know what I'm saying? I, like, you could, it's like. I actually don't know if this movie won. Because according to Wikipedia, the others won this year, which is on. Oh, it's a nominee. Okay. So it's, sorry, nominee. Okay. So the others won. It was up against. The other thing about, you also have to look, you look who's it against? Because in this case, it's the others, which is great. Devil's Backbone, From Hell, Hannibal, Jeepers Creepers, and 13 Ghosts. So. Which I would say, like, just like putting this in, like, in putting this in horror film categories. Like, if I was a judge, I would, I would rate it poorly. But if it's like you're looking at it as a as a movie, comparing it to horror movies, it's like, yeah, it's always going to come out on top because it's not a horror movie. It's a movie with some spooky stuff. It's like yeah. a good drama with a little bit of spook. You know. Let me tell you about these Saturn Awards. Let's just run through the categories. Best actor, best actress, easy. Supporting actor, actress. Director, writing costumes, great. Best fantasy film. Best horror film. This is how the Oscars should do it. Best science fiction film. 
my favorite, best performance by a younger actor. Mm. Nailed it. Fantastic. Best action adventure thriller film. Those are all together. And makeup. Look, they got it down. They, they're like, we understand that movies are different things. So we're going to have a horror genre and a fantasy and a sci-fi, etc. But has there ever there been go. any drama at the Saturn Awards, Cody? You know, if anyone were watching, maybe. But nobody. Can. I don't think like Guillermo del Toro took the mic from the director of the others and, you know, said Taylor, uh, Beyonce had the best music video or whatever. Mm. Yeah. He could have, though. Yeah. That's true. Can we just shout out to the, the genius of the next year, Kanye acting like he was going to go up on stage again and do that again, and then he just was like, no, nah, stopped halfway up the stairs. But if no one had said anything, if there hadn't been the audible gasp, do you think he would have gone through with grabbing the mic? That's the genius of Kanye is that, like, we'll never know. <laughs> like, he recognized the audience, and he deferred to the audience. He was like, oh, this got a moment. I'm happy with that. We're good to go. You know? Do you think Kanye knew when he stood up where that was going to end? Do you think he knew where he was? You're telling me Kanye knows, you know, I don't think Kanye's got the next seven moves planned out. I think he knows, you know, I mean, the next step maybe, like, literally. He's like, all right, I'm taking one. I'm standing up. I know that much. We'll see if I get another step after that. And then he kept, you know what I'm saying? I saw a clip of him on, like, he was on Joe Rogan's podcast, and I saw a clip of him, re- of it recently. This may have been years ago that he's on, but it was just him talking about, he's like, how much money would it cost to buy the whole planet? I want to buy Earth and be the king. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's just like, complete silence. And Joe Rogan just like, because Joe Rogan, he, love him or hate him, he is very good at just, like, matching the energy and being like completely 100% open-minded to whatever insanity is being spat at him across his table. Right. And he's incredible at engaging in that conversation to have someone say something so insane that he is lost for words is just gold, right? Like you have stumped Joe Rogan where he now has to say what you're saying is insane. A man who has sat across from like, the most insane politicians and like political pun, like, like news people. And like, they're spouting all these crazy. This man has sat across from what's that one guy that has like, he's been like sued for defamation talking about the frogs being gay and stuff, you know, Alex Jones, Alex Jones. This man has sat across from Alex Jones and been like, yeah, oh, yeah, no, that totally makes sense. <laughs> you have stumped him <laughs> with what you just said. <laughs> like just gold, Cody. He's truly, Truly a national treasure, you know? Truly, yes. We should make Kanye the next king of England. All right? Get rid of King Charles. Kanye West for king, all right? Well, if Kanye marries King Charles, doesn't that mean (gasps) that he shares the throne with him? Yes. Let's do it. Let's get a gay black man on the throne of England. Can you imagine how thrilled Queen, (laughs) Queen Elizabeth would be? Can you imagine how many times her grave would turn over if a gay black man was married to her son and is like, I'm here, I'm doing it, I'm ruling. Furthermore, I'm American. (laughs) Is there anything better? Oh, hold up. It's a gay black American rapper. It it couldn't be any better. Man. 
here's the thing. I know I know King Charles. You know the artist formerly known as Prince Charles listens to the podcast. All right. <laughs> he just think you would be the most memorable monarch in in British history if you did this. Okay. Yeah. No one would Good ever forget King your Henry name. Henry and yeah. Yeah. Nobody. Everybody be like, what? Who are you talking about? Queen Victoria. Nobody knows who that is, but King Charles, who married mm-hmm. Kanye West. Everybody remember that meme. Everybody remember that man. Ah, it would dominate like world news. It would be like, guys, I don't care what wars are going on right now. We have to talk about this. You could stop every war in the world for a whole day at least if you did this. Everybody would just be too dumbfounded. A royal wedding, but it's Kanye. Man, they'd get married in space for sure. Right? Yeah. They would take that penis rocket up into the stratosphere and yeah, do it. Zero gravity wedding. Zero gravity vows. The vows would be raps. King Charles would have to perform a rap. It would be... Oh, I I read some trivia for the movie. Give None it of me. it, not much of it stuck out, except uh, according to IMDb trivia... Del Toro, his uncle came back as a ghost, so that inspired some of the movie. So Del Toro said something, or someone just said that Del Toro said something about that. So Cody, have you considered that Dale is a ghost? Let me consider it. Not surprised. When yeah. was the last time you were Who's the so your uncle Dale? Yeah. Your dad's brother? Yes, half brother. When was the last time he spoke about him? My dad? Yeah. Well when was the last time you asked Brian, I don't know your dad's name, about Dale. It wasn't that long ago because we're still settling stuff for my grandpa's estate. So only a couple months ago. And he said, we don't need to worry about Dale. Dale died in 1991. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what he said. Oh, man. He died aboard the Queen Mary. My favorite thing about Uncle Dale is that lifelong smoker, and he just quit like a year or two ago. And I didn't even know. He had, like, had quit for a while until I noticed that he was pounding fistfuls of candy. And I was like... I asked him about it, and he was like, yeah, well, I quit smoking, so now all I want to do is eat sweets. I was like, the human body is amazing. <laughs> He's literally just, like, pounding a fistful of, like, sweet tart something or other. So I was like, this is, this is wild. Yeah. Well, it's all about yeah. the thing. You know, what is it? You get the oral fixation where you got to have something in your mouth to replace the mm-hmm. cigarette. So some people, lots yeah. of people go with the sunflower seeds. Yeah, gum, sunflower seeds, uh, handfuls of Smarties. Yeah, weed. You know, all yeah. valid things. Maybe that's why he's pounding the candy. Oh, Maybe that's not what replaced it. Hmm. It didn't legal there. Explain why they moved to California. Well, we won't think too much about it. 
Um, I guess I'll just close my last thought. I do like that they talked about, like, the ghost and being stuck in a moment in time and, like, the whole movie, there's just a bomb in the middle of the orphanage that, like, never detonated, you know? So it was like this bomb came and, like, froze them in time for a little bit and they had this thing. So I, I don't know. I just, I kind of liked that they delivered on some symbolism and um, I really liked that it wasn't too spooky. So, um, any final thoughts before we grade this movie, Tyler? I thought it was good. I thought, like you said, it's it's very much Guillermo del Toro, who I think is just like he's a master of making movies in general and like the cinematography and everything. I think you know, like that shows and like the effects look amazing, even though it is like you know, it's a movie came out in two thousand one, so. It, be easy to have it a lot of horror movies from that time i feel like don't hold up very well because it was right when the cg kind of started to pop but it wasn't really good enough to really do it yeah. well enough to hold up long term but you know the little bit of cg that i i'm guessing like i'm guess i would assume you know that the uh the boy you know ghost boy was all cg'd or something and you know and they didn't like do the weird thing where they like well, they filmed it, everything underwater with mirrors or something, you know. Um, but I thought it looked good. I the only like you said, the only part that really kind of threw me out of it and thought was goofy was when the piece of the car flew at the screen. It always like, does. Same thing happened to Mad Max Fury Road, where you're like, Oh, all right, we're okay. I turned to Tiffany and I, said, I You just know, died. Like what movie sparked that? What was the movie that did that? And now it's like a thing that directors are like, "Oh, well, I got to throw this in my movie," except it's never good. I mean, we are professional movie critics. We should probably know that, right? I figured that would have been another trivia, but this movie doesn't have a ton of trivia. I think partly because it's an international movie yeah. and older. Well, yeah. I've look. I was pretty set when I finished the movie. I was pretty sure I knew what grade it was, and I think I've changed my mind now. I think you have changed my mind on this one. I think I was riding the high of not being too scared. And I think I'm about to change my grade on it to a tiny bit lower. What are you giving it? I think this movie, for me, is a solid B+. What about you? I'm going to give it an A. I liked it. I thought it was a good movie. Stop. (laughs) I did. You spent your whole rant talking about how you hated it. I hate it that it's like, it's not a horror movie that people have always talked. You said it was a horror movie. Every th- person I've ever known that's watched people who have seen this movie are like, Oh, it's terrifying. It's so scary. It's so unsettling. It sounds, it's not a when horror you describe movie. Describe it as like, Oh, well, it's in a different language and it's, a, you know, there's a haunting and an orphanage. Like those are all very scary. Yeah. You're giving but this like, one an A. I was going to give it an A minus, and then I backed down, and now I feel bad. Well, I, I wanted to give it an A minus, but I feel like I haven't given out, out an A for so long. And I feel like this is a good movie that, like, if I if someone just said, like, oh, yeah, it's like, because I think, I think it's only considered, like, a horror movie probably to international people. Because I know one of the big reasons why these are both set in Spain, because I, I know this from Pan's Labyrinth, is, like, they're super, super. They're very superstitious, and fairy tale uh-huh. focused, and everything like that's a big thing in Spanish culture. At least, probably in certain areas, I'm sure there's you know 
there's like multi, there's like 14 countries inside of Spain, you know, so who knows all of them. But mm. in like, you know, the traditional Spanish countryside, they're very superstitious. They're very like all about fairy tales and all that. So this seems more like it's, it was, like I said, it's like the Goonies, but with the Spanish, you know, like, oh, there's also a ghost here. But the ghost is, you think it's trying to hurt you, but it's really trying to warn you. Hey, this dude's messed up. He's going to kill you all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think I will actually, I think I will stick with the A minus just because mm-hmm. the A is a little more sacred. But I am digging Guillermo's, Guillermo, that's what we call him. I call him, I call him, uh, I don't know what a nickname for Guillermo is. Oh, Give it I to forget me. it. Yeah, I, I know. I, it's gone now. Um, I'm digging Guillermo del Toro's movies recently and. I just think that he is very good at picking. Like, he's one of the few directors I can think of that, like, it's obvious he had a vision for the movie, and this is exactly what his vision for the movie was. Oh. You know? Um, yeah. Sometimes it's uh, Guille or uh, Memo. Some of the Spanish nicknames don't make any sense. Like, Ezekiel, I'll go Cheque, which oh. is a great nickname. And Jesus, they'll go Chewy which also makes no sense, but it's fun. Like, I'm not mad about it. So Memo, which I think they might mention, they might call Memo in uh, What We Do in the Shadows, I think, at one point. Yeah. So there you go. So I'll do A-. minus. I'll stick with the B+. There were a couple bits and bops where I was like, dude, there should have been a better trap to get Jacinto down in the cellar than just, oh, I'm here. But I feel like even that, it's like, yeah, sure, that could have, but it's also like that plays into that's just the kind of, they knew he wouldn't just leave. Because he he could have just left whenever he wanted to. Like, he was free to just leave. Like, even his two friends, like, two little buddies were like, ah, there's no gold. And I almost expected there to be like, we're going to kill you. But they were just like, nah, hey, can your, like, cousin put us up for, like, a few days while we figure this out? You know, like, they were like, ah, whatever. We can just leave. Like, he has been the driving force of these three dudes yeah. sticking around trying to get this gold. Mean to his fiance. Like, he's, you know, Conchita, just... Conchita, I thought, I could have swore reading the subtitles it was Cochinita, which is, like, pig. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Why is her name pig? But, no, it's, it's, uh, it's not. Yeah. It's close. Well... I'm gonna. I guess I'll just stick with the B minus B plus. I do think it was it was very good. It was well done, and it had a lot of value to it, a lot of merit to the movie. Should it be an A minus? I don't know, Tyler. This is hard. Well, I do movies. It ain't as easy as they say. Yeah. I definitely feel like our our rating systems are very different. You know, I feel like for it to be an A, maybe I should have like loved it you know and i liked it a lot but i don't know that i quite like loved it as a movie like a's that comes down to taste but it was very good yeah Mm. for me a's are movies that i would watch again or or like if someone's like hey i want to watch a movie what should we watch and i could see a time where like oh let's watch this like where it's like oh someone wants to watch a spooky movie and i'll bait and switch them just like i was bait and switched you know what i'm saying like oh let's watch this movie Really, it's just a historical drama movie, not, which I love. You know, that's another yeah. thing is I feel like the fact that it's historical and about a time period and like an event in history that I'm interested in, I feel like bumps it up for me. Whereas I know you're a little 
tend to be a little less into the historical movies. You keep saying that, but I do like them. But you do know? you though? Because you told but me, for me that... this wasn't about the Civil War, but it was set in the Civil War. You know, but, I feel like for you it was like about it. But I didn't well, feel like I learned anything about the Spanish Civil War, but it was like the backdrop for the movie. You know? Yeah. But I, I mean, thought it was more so the backdrop that they were in an orphanage, you know? It's about it in the way that, like, Grave of the Fireflies is about World War II. Yeah. it's World War II is the Seven. reason for their their situation mm. and, like, causes the tension in their situation. But it's not, like, the focus of the movie. So. Well... I'm going to stick with it. A B plus, a very good movie, but not that scary. So if you're looking for the spooks and chills, you can do better. Yeah. But if you want all those, all those fools that think this is a real scary movie, that think that you're hardcore, then watch it. Say how much you loved it. Lovely. Well, want to thank everyone for sticking in it and listening to us, you can share us and review us wherever you find your podcast. We're also on social media at Opinion Havers, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Once again, thanks for listening. And until next time, watch movies and have opinions. You didn't even talk about their like maid lady that tried to put out a gasoline fire with a, with a handkerchief. I love that she was just in, like, two random shots. She finds him in the broom closet, and then she's trying to put out a gas fire with a washcloth. Tyler, let me let me run a scenario for you. You walk into your kitchen, and there's a pile of gas cans on fire. You going towards or away from the gas can fire? I mean, you know, in my in my mind, right? I gotta grab the thinnest tea towel we got and just start smacking at it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And the flame. Yeah. I just I'm trying to think of a scenario where, like, I guess maybe if you had a fire extinguisher already in your hands, you have a chance. Yeah. <laughs> if that's not the case, you're done. You're done. You gotta bail. Now, I might I run say, at it and, like, huck some. We got sprinklers. Huck something at the sprinkler. There you go. That's the real. I do appreciate You know, everyone complains about movies that their explosions aren't realistic. This was just a gas explosion. So, I mean, they kind of nailed it. They found the loophole. Good job, Memo. <laughs> <laughs>